1: the look at this, he's down for the first time in his career. But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Franch, punches, he punches, and it is over. I think it's going to be over. big trouble against the ropes. I have to say, there seems an element of genuine hate between these two, Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank! Welcome back to the Legendary Knights Podcast After Show. I am your host, Sean, joined as always by Lukey for another episode of Reflection. ...upon another episode from this season, season four of the Legendary Knights podcast. The recent tale was the tale of Sugar Ray Robinson versus Carmen Basilio... ...and their two memorable fights in the late 1950s. Luke, you join me as always on the After Show to dissect, reflect, understand, comprehend... ...and, and really just sort of break down our own thoughts and feelings about this particular tale... So without further ado, I think I'm going to bring you straight in before I talk to everybody about what I genuinely feel about this tale and just get your perspective on this. Well, I mean, I think that I'll start with what I told you in the
0: pre-show meeting, which is completely unprofessional is growing up. My grandfather used to not like Sugar Ray Leonard because he liked Sugar Ray Robinson. So Ray Robinson to me, and I think to a lot of boxing fans of my age, maybe now it's Floyd Mayweather for young kids, you've heard tales of the great Ray Robinson, and that was kind of viewed as the gold standard of boxing to me. So it was like almost like Michael Jordan in basketball, maybe Pele for soccer for people in certain age or football. Um, Ray Robinson was the definition of perfection. Yet, I had not even seen Ray Robinson throw a punch until I was like 19 or 20 at the advent of YouTube, which dates me. I hadn't seen him. So this story, to me, has evolved over the years because I've gone from Sugar Ray Robinson can do anything. And my interpretation of Ray Robinson is he was the bridge from either being a pure boxer like Willie Pep or a brawler come forward guy he was the guy that could merge the two styles but do it fluidly in a way where you don't take excessive damage um I've kind of struggled in the modern era to really assess him and look at him as a as a fighter where does he rank amongst the greats like that's been my struggle because I'll be honest with you I have a bias towards older fighters because I think the 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 average person will go ah oh, man he's not as good as floyd Ah oh, man he's not as good as tank and i think it just bugs me a little bit that some of these guys that i think might possibly were better often get moved down these lists which are basically how they get remembered
1: in history just based on when they occurred that's the beauty of this show though really isn't it the legendary nights podcast the career profiles podcast that we do here on the network it's what our niche is really is because we love the history of it and we we appreciate the history of the sport more so than I think we do the current product and at times whilst the current product can provide us some fantastic moments for us to actually live through, it also can provide us some really turn off moments where you think to yourself it just feels like it's very convoluted, it's very saturated, it's there's too many politics involved with it. There's too many belts. There's too many interims, supers. All these different variables that are involved in the modern era of boxing. It makes it so convoluted that when you do go back and you do look at the history of the sport and you look at a tale like Sugar Ray and Carmen Basilio, you you, you think about it in in a in a sort of sometimes fictional standpoint. Like even though this happened and these were two memorable moments in the sport of, of their time you look at it because we haven't lived through it as a as a bit of a fictional thing like you, you find it difficult to be able to fully comprehend like how good the fights were and how good these fighters were because yes okay you've got footage around and it isn't the greatest footage in the world but it's it's footage nevertheless but you, it, like you said and I, and, I, and I jump on the back of your point really about how you find it hard to sort of you know, make them ass- assessments of certain fighters when you can only sort of see that limited footage or that limited information about them. Where I think, as as now the era of social media does present us with a different. It, it gives it gives access to fighters and their training methods, their camps, everything that they do. It's literally like a fly on the wall all the time now with with fighters today. Whereas, this for me, there's like this bit of mystique and aura around fighters of yesteryear and that's why i love learning about them because then i want to sort of appreciate what what the history or who who set who set the wheels in motion for certain fighters to be inspired by them and sugar ray robinson of course has inspired many many fighters over the years as many fighters from our lifetimes lukey that have sat down and said sugar ray was a you know a direct influence on on them as a as a fighter and You go back and you look at them and you think, "Wow, you know, he he really is that good of a fighter." And then you, like you said, you start to try to imagine this fighter amongst the fighters of the era that we're currently living through, and you try to make them comparisons. And I think it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to do that because so many things have changed. The sport has changed the the pace of the sport, you know, the the speed, the amount of punches thrown, the medical elements of it the training aspects of it you know training elements are sometimes different but there's some things that have stayed throughout time but then there's all this science that comes behind it and the 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 the, the conditioning and the nutritionists and all the different people that you've got around in the sport today you then you start to sort of try and make all these different counter arguments about why Sugar Ray Robinson wouldn't be a Able to live with a Floyd Mayweather or a Sugar Ray Leonard, and it and it does create a huge, huge debate. But the tale, in general, I think was something that I thoroughly enjoyed learning more about because me and Johnston, we had done the career profile of Sugar Ray Robinson a couple of years ago, and you know we purposely leave stories out of episodes so that we can bring them in in future episodes, and that's exactly what we did here. And it was really good to learn more about certain elements of Sugar Ray's career and. When we covered this tale in particular, we're covering it at a time where Sugar Ray is kind of, he's at the top of the mountain, he's already been regarded as a legendary fighter of the time, and he's won the welterweight crown, he's become middleweight champion, he's even gone one step further and tried to become light heavyweight champion, and, and only just failed in what was the only recorded knockout loss of his career, mind you, as well. And then you've got Carmen Basilio, who effectively was a club fighter, a journeyman, someone who you know, you would look at today as a fringe contender, someone that would be a stepping stone for fighters to go to that next level, to become world champion. But yet he was able to turn that persona around, that perception of him around, and go on to be not just a welterweight champion, but also then the middleweight champion as well. And I think the, the feat of that, I think it's really underappreciated. Having done this story now, I find that a really underappreciated feat for a man that started out as effectively what was known as a journeyman then. Well, and I think that's what makes this story so interesting, right?
0: And we're beating around the bush, but it's like you got someone who's basically the Floyd Mayweather of his era. You know, Ray Robinson rolls with a big crowd, this fight broadcast in a lot of movie theaters, the extravagant, um... Uh, I think at the time, from what I've gathered, Ray Robinson was difficult to negotiate with, like all great fighters are. They're unapologetic. I am the show. And then you got a guy who's kind of like a a Mickey Ward type guy, right? A guy that's supposed to be the stepping stone. And then all of a sudden, he rises the ranks. And all of a sudden, he's in these fights. And I think that what makes this fight so interesting is, on paper, and this is why I think we tune into fights, right? We tune into fights to see guys who have so much more talent and should beat someone but somehow on some night a guy just wills him way his way into a fight a blue collar fighter creates an opportunity for himself I think a great example of this in the modern era though people might laugh is Chris Algieri came in looking though he had a good record he fought Ruslan Provodnikov and looked to be a helpless opponent that is going to be a showcase for Ruslan Provodnikov to get the Manny Pacquiao fight What ended up happening was Chris Algieri gets dropped twice, his eye swolls, and he bites down and says, I'm not going to lose this fight. And now Chris Algieri is a media personality and Chris Algieri is a modern boxing legend because of his decisions. And I think this fight captured both the greatness. It's like the beauty and um, destructive nature of boxing. It It encapsulates the beauty of art along with the brutality of war. And I think both fighters had elements of that, and it played to
1: drama that us as fans just absolutely love uh, to watch. Absolutely. Like, you had one fighter who was the underdog in Carmen, and the other fighter who was the the ring legend of Sugar Ray Robinson, the one that could be difficult in negotiations, the one that felt he was the show. And I, I, I scarily noticed some negotiation comparisons with him and a certain Floyd Mayweather in this era and you can kind of listen to the quotes that are being read out in the show and you're listening to who they're from and you think to yourself who does that remind you of and you think of certain fighters of of our era who we've lived through and who we've watched and you think that sounds like a certain Floyd Mayweather and, and how difficult he was at times with with the negotiations and you know I always pick Floyd Mayweather off the top of my head because he Reminds me of of that modern day version of, of Sugar Ray, albeit I do believe from everything that I've looked up and everything that I've watched on Sugar Ray, he seemed a little bit more humbler than what Mr. Money was and, and is of his time. However, it's also a sign that some things just do not change within this sport. And when you are the A side of a fight you are well within your rights to call the shots as to how much money you are going to get how much income you are going to get the other problem that sugar ray had was of course of as his time was the IRS were on his back constantly like he was always having problems with taxes and the evasion of taxes and because he had people running the show left right and center for him he didn't realize what people were skimming away from him and taking away from him. And he was another fighter, much like Joe Lewis, who ended up broke, ended up with no money at the end because of decisions made that at that time where he put so much trust in individuals. So, you know, it was a, it's it's a really sort of sad state of affairs that, that a lot of this stuff happened. And and, and to absolute legends of the sport as well, like Sugar Ray is an absolute legend of the sport, but I digress. I'm going off on tangents here and, I'm gonna wing it back to the uh, the matter at hand and really reflect upon the the, the 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 both fights because obviously the first fight was the moment really where Carmen Basilio did seemingly what would today probably feel like the impossible situation. You know, if you were looking at modern day comparisons of fights, you mentioned Chris Algieri, and I'll I'll throw in the Gatti Ward fight. Like everybody was expecting a tour Gatti to take control and and win that fight easily and look what happened it led to a series of great fights between them and ultimately this is what happened with this one is it led to a, a series of fights there were two fights in total of course we covered them both in the main episode but the first one in particular was the one where the fighter that was the underdog the fighter that wasn't really expected to beat the great Sugar Ray Robinson was able to go in there and do that and automatically become a middleweight champion, whilst holding the welterweight crown, which I believe is is a feat that doesn't really happen that often where a fighter can hold a title in different weights simultaneously. And then that rematch, of course, happens, and everybody again starts to believe that actually Carmen Basilio is going to beat an older, an aging Sugar Ray Robinson. And the greatness of Sugar Ray Robinson is really defined in that second contest between the two, how he was able to adapt his style. You mentioned it earlier, Luke, how he was able to fight in different styles and be able to adapt and overcome certain situations. And he overcame and adapted that situation where he lost to Basilio and he was able to beat Basilio at his own game in their second fight, so much so that it was was much more damaging for, for Basilio as a fighter. Basilio was never the same after that second sugar ray robinson fight and of course sugar ray continued to go on until the mid-1960s which is still even crazy to think about like now looking back on the, the the mark of the man and the career that he had and i understand why people do look at him as a legend now and you know there's not many fighters that i can honestly look at now in our era where i can honestly say
0: this episode is made possible by pwc it's getting hot out here Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.
1: They would be able to achieve feats like that. There's probably a few. Paterbiev, I mean, he's obviously only stuck to his division. If he was to become undisputed in his division, you know, that's a mark of, a, of an unbelievable champion. Canelo, he's probably the closest fighter at this moment that's active that I can honestly say is the only one I could really make that level of comparison to because of the way he was able to, or has been able to, jump up through the weights and win titles in higher weights and then come back down to a more natural weight and then continue to dominate at that more natural weight. He's probably the only person active now that I can genuinely say has got anywhere near the same magnitude of of a Sugar Ray Robinson. I mean,
0: I'll throw, I might be in the minority here, but I'll throw way into that bracket. You know, he's moving up in weight classes, and he's so good, he'll move up a weight class, and he's a 3-to-1 favorite because people are like, oh, he's just going to stop him. And it's like at a certain point, this is a guy that was a light flyweight who's now at super bantamweight who will probably be a featherweight next year, and every single fight he's a 4-to-1 favorite, and he's been back-to-back undisputed. And he didn't win fight of the year basically because two guys had like sensational career defining performances. he went to head to head fight of the year one year Adonis Stevenson won it and he only won it because he fought like three times a year like there's been years where boxing has been rather uneventful unfortunate for that I think the thing about Robinson I tend to struggle with is I want to romanticize Ray Robinson because a lot of my heroes in the gym and a lot of the people that taught me what I know about boxing it basically, Ray Robinson, when he was in his, in his element, he was perfection, he was unbeatable. The problem is I sometimes struggle to understand the man that Ray Robinson was, that vices are real, that addictions are real, that temptations are real, girls in crop tops look great, alcohol tastes good, smoking weed is cool. I try to almost view him as a mythical figure that could do no wrong, and I sometimes forget that there was a human element or that he even had an ego and bought into hype that maybe he couldn't always live up to, like the Joey Max fight. So that's always been my struggle with Robinson. Is I want to believe Robinson's the gold standard, and he very well could
1: be, but I struggle to be rational and point out his limitations. Well, let's look at Carmen Basilio then, and we you know we spoke a lot about Sugar Ray, of course, because of the legacy that he's left behind in this sport, but. Cameron Basilio is somebody that I, I had an understanding of. I had moments where I'd covered him in the different shows that we cover. So I didn't really fully appreciate what he'd done in his career until the research was done for this particular episode where I was able to understand more about him as a man and as a fighter. And everything that I read about, everything that I heard, you know, I could genuinely visualise the no-nonsense style of a man that he was and the no-nonsense fighter that he was and and to be able to come from where he started out at in his career to be able to go through that progressive stage and get to a point where you become a champion in two different weights after seemingly seemingly being labeled as a journeyman as a club fighter as somebody that will be a fringe contender to me that's that's some feat and You know, I'm trying to make them modern-day comparisons again with, like, Basilio. I'm trying to think of, like, a fighter now, like, who is like a Basilio, who you'd look at and go, yeah, well, he's good, he'll give problems to certain fighters, but he'll probably never become, like, a major champion, or he'll never become that guy that sort of gets to that point. He'll just be a guy who's synonymous with fighting major names in this sport. And there's probably a few names that, you know, are out there that you guys listening could probably scream out and say, you know, this fighter could be that person. But this I can't think of one particular one that stands out a mile off to me where I can honestly say it's like, look, this is like the modern day sort of Carmen Basilio. I think, you know, if I was looking at like, who could, who could, who could, any any particular ones you could think of, Luke, like I'm, I'm stuck. I got I mean, two on my head right go. now, so I think Luis
0: Luis Alberto Lopez, the IBF featherweight champion was being brought in as a B-side guy, won some fights, and now he's a long-reigning champion, essentially. I think one that sneaks under the radar, but he's never gotten his big opportunities, is uh, Johnny Rice, who beat Guido Vianello. He had lost a ton of fights. If you look, there was a guy named Khan Sheehan, who I met at Virgil Hunter's gym about a decade ago. I think he turned pro against Johnny Rice and beat him in a four-rounder. Now he has wins over Guido Vianello, two over Michael Coffey. If he were to able to fight for a world title, getting a world title fight, I mean, he would have started out his career probably around four and two. With his start four and three, he was used as a journeyman fodder. So those are two guys that I kind of look at, maybe with a similar type career arc.
1: Well, while you've been saying that, I had a thought about a particular fighter who maybe fits the narrative of what I'm saying here. So Kevin Johnson in the heavyweight division, Kevin Johnson, I think he's that type of fighter who... I know his career was a bit he started out really, really well. He had some, you know, great fights earlier on in his career and he, he was really well known. But he got to a point and he's got to that point, hasn't he, where he's like he's become like a journeyman for the heavyweights in the heavyweight division and you know, he's been known as a durable fighter who can take fighters rounds. It's basically like someone like that just being known as that fighter who fights the best heavyweights and he's known for being durable against her, to so then step in and becoming like undisputed heavyweight champion it is is the closest comparison off the top of my head that I can make. And and it probably sounds absolutely crazy to, to to many people that are listening now that are thinking Kevin Johnson, come on, you know, like how could you say Kevin Johnson could beat like a Joshua or a Wilder or a Tyson Fury, for example, like, you know but I, I you know, it is it's it's trying to make that comparison as to how Carmen Basilio was perceived at the time. So when you listen to the stories about him, how the press reported on him, how people perceived him at that time, it it is probably the best comparison I can make. It's like looking at a Kevin Johnson who's expected to be in there and and just give a fight rounds rounds and show the mark of that potential heavyweight, how he's obviously fought guys like Joshua and he's fought guys like Fury and he's given them rounds during the course of a fight. It's like Kevin Johnson one day waking up and becoming that fighter that then actually goes in there and and fulfills that potential and goes and becomes an undisputed heavyweight champion that's that's what carmen basilio was of his time he then goes on to become a welterweight champion and then he goes on to become a middleweight champion to be able to achieve that feat after being literally just labeled as a punching bag as a journeyman for me is something that I've, i've taken away massively from this episode and it and it, and it warms me, you know, inside that I know that there's fantastic stories out there like that that I believe always need to be brought back to the forefront. It's why we love doing the shows, Lukey. It's why we love bringing these fighters back to life and, and really making the boxing fans of this generation, of, of our time, of our era, truly appreciate that. And if only one person that listens to this show goes back and starts watching Carmen Basilio and even Trigger Ray Robinson, then for me, that's kind of job done as, as a person that wants to produce a story about two fighters from yesteryear who give us something memorable. That's kind of been forgotten about now because we're, we've, we're so, we're so evolved from where that time was. And this is one of the premises of why we wanted to continue to bring all these different tales into the show as the seasons have gone on. So Carmen Basilio I want to hear what your assessment your takeaway from that tale has been given obviously the points of view that I have on him and of course your own perceptions of him and any modern day comparisons that you could say in your mind it would it would be like a certain person doing that as well I think uh he's a character that poverty uniquely
0: creates he's a character that I think that stems out of the Great Depression. Like, I feel like people that come from the Great Depression just were so much tougher than people in the modern era because the conditions were so bad. The acceptance of possibly a miserable life and having to survive was just much greater. And because of that, I think that I look at this guy who most people would say, okay, get a job, become a plumber. He never lost his will to win. He kept fighting, and he stayed determined. I mean, we've seen these guys before, Gabe Rosado, Mickey Ward, recently Luis Alberto Lopez, I think Johnny Rice could be that guy, but what do we see in the modern boxing too? Guys don't get shots, right? Dangerous guys going on runs that could possibly win these fights. They don't get the opportunities against the vulnerable guys. Anthony Joshua is not going to get fight Zuli Zhang. He's not going to fight Big Bang Zhang until the guy's 50. Why? Because he's a vulnerable champion, right? So the the business of boxing, I think, back then was also more of a sport where guys fought more often and fought guys that made sense for the most part. Now boxing is transitioned. It's not a business because business means – that's the dumbest thing whenever people say boxing is a business first. It isn't a business because business is what do the shareholders and the general public want and how do we deliver that? That's business. It, boxing is not business. Boxing is political. How can we leverage this asset and get as much value for that asset while keeping them in the good graces of the general public? That is more boxing. So I think because boxing is morphed into A-side versus B-side fights, where, where big stars have great advantages over the fighter they're fighting week in and week out typically, we don't see stories like this. Because guys that are in this position often don't get those opportunities.
1: No, it's a very good point. And and I think that brings it really back to what the modern era has become. And, And love it or hate it, that is what we are dealing with. That's what we are living through. And again, I must stress like to everybody listening, this is why I love doing the shows that we do. I love the history of the sport. I love the way... We can unearth some of these stories that have been lost in time and that's part of of what drives me to continue to podcast and deliver stories to people is because I know there's some fantastic stories out there that I think boxing fans of this generation don't appreciate because they don't know about it and until they know about it until they hear about it until they get an understanding and a feel for it, they're never gonna know unless they go out there themselves and really start to look for stuff and I also think like looking at stuff like this keeps a lot of people want to be around the sport because when they look back at stuff like this they think, wow, you know, this is this is what drives my passion for it and what I think keeps it certainly keeps me interested in the sport anyway and it certainly gives me hope that one day, you know, it'll ebb and flow and, and we'll get a period of time, hopefully in our lifetimes, where we will get to see it change for for the better and, and see something that we you know we really want to enjoy as part of our lifetime as being a boxing fan so it's really taught me a lot about again the 1950s uh Cameron Basilio in particular a little bit more on on Sugar Ray Robinson of course but overall uh, a true a true underdog story where the underdog then became the favorite in the second fight and for once in his boxing career Sugar Ray found himself as an underdog which very very rarely happened in his career so I've taken a lot out of doing this episode and I genuinely hope people have enjoyed learning more about Carmen Basilio in particular if you didn't know about him already and I'm gonna hand it over to you finally Luke just really for a final synopsis from yourself about what you feel you've taken away from this tale what you feel this tale is all about what what the definition you know you would see it as and also like where you would compare this to the modern day well i think it it speaks to why modern day boxing at times sucks
0: right you get a likable underdog fighting a face of a generation and most people feel that he beat robinson but he doesn't get the decision so what do they do they make the fight again and it has a lot of goodwill amongst the people and the guy who fought his butt off gets rewarded with a big opportunity and becomes immortalized what we typically see now in the modern generation is guy beats prospect now he's on a heater let's put him in as a a lamb to the slaughter with a guy that he's absolutely unavailable or stylistically he has no chance of beating and then let's take all that goodwill away from the sport or let's rush into a rematch and put the deck against him. Boxing has this fantastic way of creating underdog stories and promoters trying to kill the underdog story as fast as possible. And I think when you look at all these things that capture, especially American sports fans, they love the the miraculous underdog. They love the, the story in March Madness, the underdog team. They love the underdog, underdog, underdog. Promoters never get behind the underdog. Why isn't Jose Felix Jr. another in an A-side fight right now? No, he's being brought in to lose again, right? Because he shouldn't have beat Gary Cully. This This fight speaks to a time where I think there was a sentiment of you could change your life with one fight. Now you can change your life with one manager and one career path. But one fight seemingly in the modern era
1: is inconsequential, sadly so guys i hope you have enjoyed listening to myself and lukey just chopping it up and really talking about what we've taken away from this episode and if you've enjoyed it then of course let us know drop us a comment on spotify there is always a question that gets asked at the end of the episode below where you're listening to it and it just asks you what do you think of the episode it's a good place to leave your thoughts and feelings in there if you've not been able to do it through spotify then you can do it at btr boxing pod on twitter or at legend night pod on twitter or you can just find us on any social media platform which is at btr boxing podcast network and that is available on facebook and instagram and tiktok if you want to subscribe to us you can also subscribe on youtube or any podcasting platform luke tell everybody where to find you if they don't already know where to find you to listen to your big fight previews and your reaction shows and interviews that you're also involved in as well so i write weekly on pro box tv
0: that's more like big big fight stuff i have a newsletter lukeyboxing.substack.com. what's great about it is it's not a website but it comes directly to your email two versions you can have a free version which i think is fantastic it gives you a tv guide and little summaries here and there some podcasts but if you want the full whammy a Wednesday once a week podcast, the boxing results, maybe some stuff that I just want to share, but it's also not vulgar. Um, you can subscribe. I think it's like $5 a month. It just goes strictly into me being able to do um non corporate boxing thing, which basically means I get to go into the gyms and help young people. If that doesn't sound good, I have a YouTube channel. It's Luki Boxing, all uniform. And guess what? If you haven't ever gone there, you can go see a Victor Conti on Arthur. Better Be of. Uh, interview that I just did exclusive and I believe I was fair you know I think when you have a powerful personality like Victor Conti it's very easy to sit there and agree I have a great relationship with Victor but I also feel like strong personalities want pushback so I'm proud of the fact that I feel like I asked questions that I wanted to ask so go there check that out if you like that go into my multi-universe
1: of content and maybe you'll enjoy it. And that is everything for this episode. Thank you to you, Lukey, as always, for joining me on the show. And thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Legendary Knights Podcast After Show. This has been our conversation around the tale of Sugar Ray Robinson and Carmen Basilio, and you've been listening to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. shot by Lennox Lewis a right hand by Holyfield by Buster Douglas look at this he's knocked Tyson down for the first time in his career but unfortunately it'll never happen Front! punches he punches and it is over I think it's going to be over I have to say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose for sure I don't hate the man
0: Imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank! You can stop it anytime. Castillo's in trouble. week steps in. And the fight is over. Oh!
1: Podcast Network.